0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening and thanks for joining us. Breaking details tonight in the fight against coronavirus in this province. The provincial health officer announcing late this afternoon seven new cases.
2: Those include a man in his 90s who's now in ICU and hospital. As Aaron MacArthur reports, that brings the total to 39 cases, but there's also some good news tonight.
3: The Lynn Valley Care Centre remains the focal point of BC's COVID-19 outbreak. Two more health care workers have contracted the virus. BC's caseload now up to 39.
4: Everybody in the facility is being monitored and assessed. And those who have symptoms are being tr- um, tested for COVID-19.
3: While the risk remains low across BC, another private school has decided to shut a week before spring break in order to deep clean. The move made out of an abundance of caution after a member of the school community had been advised to self-isolate.
5: We're at 39 cases, just to put that in context, uh, 16 of them are linked to, to travel to Iran, one uh, to Hong Kong or India, one from Washington state. Eight are linked to the Lynn Valley Care Center. Three from the Grand Princess uh, cruise, which came back February 21st. One from Italy, one from Germany, and two to be determined.
3: Worldwide, the situation continues to unravel. Despite a nationwide lockdown, Italy has seen its number of cases take another huge leap. 10,000 people infected, 168 more deaths, bringing the total there to more than 600. Emergency rooms designed for 50 or 60 ICU patients have hundreds of people needing ventilators and acute care. It's not the disease itself, it's the amount, the incredible, overwhelming amount of patients you have to take care of in a limited amount of time. It's like a bomb that explodes, but it keeps exploding day by day. Canada's numbers have yet to spike in any dramatic fashion, but there are hundreds of people trapped up in the pandemic passengers from the Grand Princess have now been sent to CFB Trenton where they will ride out a 14-day quarantine. WestJet is offering people the ability to rebook travel without penalty and Air Canada announcing Tuesday it is cancelling all flights to Italy.
6: I will say Air Canada's decision is more of a fiscal one than it is one of health and safety.
3: Health authorities are asking anyone who is feeling unwell to stay home. The question will become who pays for any mass absences from work. The federal government expected to address that question Wednesday. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
2: And Keith Baldry joins us now with a little more information about 811. Keith, it's the health link number for the province. No doubt a lot busier since this all started.
7: Yes, indeed, Chris. A lot of people don't know this service exists, but uh, people are being encouraged to dial this. If you have any questions about the virus or, or questions about symptoms or where you should go for treatment, phone 811. And as it turns out, a lot of people are doing just that. Here's some of the numbers. First of all, as a reminder, it's open 24-7, uh, so you can phone it anytime you want. Uh, in terms of the numbers, it's interesting, 3,800 calls a week are now being ramped up. Normally, it's running at 1,200 a, uh, a week, so uh, more than a 300% increase. Extra nurses are being brought in, uh, particularly on the evening after the evening newscast, after Global's newscast, a lot of people start phoning the service for information. And now, as so many people are phoning in, a new call center for non COVID 19 calls to be diverted to a new call center in addition to the two ones that already exist. Health Minister Adrian Dix expanding on the numbers and when this new service will be up and running.
5: We are responding by increasing uh, our complement of people during high call volumes. uh, We average 25 nurses versus 10 to 15 on typical days. But we are increasing our capacity there and opening a new call center so that those uh, calls that come into 811, for example, from members of the public who want uh, advice on risk assessments, those would be diverted all those that aren't involved with personal health issues to another phone bank and that will be in place uh, later this week.
7: Now, another thing that's going to be created, Chris, to deal with this crisis in the coming days and weeks is the creation of what are called stand-alone assessment centres. Basically, places you can go to get tested, literally go to get swabbed. They take a swab of your mouth and test it. But you will have to make an appointment for these centres through 811. So it's another way to use 811 in the weeks ahead. If you have any concerns about being tested, that service will be available presumably within a few days, if not weeks.
2: And presumably only if you're showing symptoms based on what Dr. Henry said today.
7: Yes, you've got to show the symptoms and be very clear. It's a dry cough, uh, not a runny nose or sneezing. It's a dry cough and associated fever or aches and pains. So uh, it's specific symptoms that you really have to check out when you phone 811. Uh, and they're, you're going to be told by them whether or not you're eligible to go into these new centers. Got it. All right. Thanks, Keith.
1: Health authorities in BC and all over the world are stressing containment as one of the best tools to limit the spread of COVID 19. We have seen the cancellation of post- or postponement of conferences, concerts, and fundraisers. So, what will happen with other annual events like the 420 gathering at Sunset Beach? Grace Key reports. <laughs>
8: At the height of last year's 420 event at Sunset Beach, organizers say about 40,000 people were gathered at once and many sharing joints. But with COVID-19 concerns, organizer Dana Larson says he's reached out to Vancouver Coastal Health.
0: We're hoping that by mid-April things have cooled down and we're in a good situation and we can move forward with the event, but it's too early for us to make a final decision and we will be doing that in early April sometime.
4: All of us, even here in BC, need to start thinking about social distancing. So things like, if I'm going to go to 420, I want to not share. Um, I don't want to be sharing food and drinks with people. Pearl
8: Jam has announced it will be postponing the first leg of its tour that includes several U.S. and Canadian cities. The Seattle-based band says it's witnessed firsthand how these situations can develop. So far, there's no news of a cancellation for the Rolling Stones concert that will be at BC Play Stadium on May 12th. The Vancouver Cherry Blossom Festival will continue on April 2nd to the 26th, but without the Sakura Days Japan Fair at Van Dusen Botanical Garden due to public fears about the virus.
1: So we're going ahead with all our free events. They can even do their own private little celebration with the proper you know social distancing that they're comfortable with
8: two major runs are going on as planned the bmo vancouver marathon is scheduled for may 3rd organizers say there are new safeguards including extra hand sanitizing stations and the vancouver sun run is moving ahead with its event on april 19th organizers for all events are keeping a close eye on the developing situation with the coronavirus
1: grace key global news and we also want to mention the silver lining in the latest on COVID-19 today. BC's 13th confirmed case, an 80-year-old woman who had traveled to India and Hong Kong and then came back and developed symptoms. She had been put in ICU in Vancouver General Hospital. Good news today, she was discharged from hospital.
2: To Coquitlam now, where homicide investigators are trying to solve a mystery in Minicata Regional Park, a woman remains in custody tonight after a small fire in the park this morning sparked a suspicious death probe. Catherine Urquhart has the latest.
9: Members of IHIT, the Integrated Homicide Investigation Team, as well as members of the Coquitlam RCMP, have spent much of the day here at Minicata Park, the scene of a suspicious death. Mounties and firefighters were called here at about 6.15 this morning due to a suspicious fire. That led to evidence of the suspicious death. And soon after, an adult woman was arrested at the scene. Many questions remain unanswered. Who is the deceased person? How did they die? Will there be charges against the woman who was arrested or against anyone else? So far, police are not saying... Their investigation of this suspicious death at Minnecota Park ongoing. Katherine Urquhart, Global News.
1: A $50,000 reward is now being offered for the suspect in a violent kidnapping. 22-year-old Miaz Noor-Eldeen is wanted on a Canada-wide warrant for kidnapping and aggravated assault. Noor-Eldeen is accused of being part of a group who kidnapped a man back in July and held him against his will while demanding a ransom. The victim was located and taken to hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Noor-Eldeen's three alleged accomplices were arrested and charged, but he evaded Iraq. Arrest.
10: I also want to send a message directly to me as Eldon. There's nowhere to go. We will apprehend you sooner or later. So just do the right thing, call a lawyer, and turn yourself in. We are not looking for witnesses or people to testify. This case is already set to go to trial. We are just looking for the location of Noralden, so we can be apprehended and face justice.
1: Miaz noor Din, who's also known as Streets, is also facing drug and human trafficking charges in Alberta and Ontario.
2: Vancouver police are investigating a heartless theft that was caught on video.
1: The thief making off with tens of thousands of dollars worth of wigs destined for cancer patients.
11: Sarah McDonald reports. You're watching a break and enter unfolding as it happens at a Vancouver business. That person on your screen, who appears to be a woman, allegedly about to steal tens of thousands of dollars in wigs. Some of the merchandise intended for people living with cancer.
8: The products that we have here, that like you know, we help a lot of people who's going through the breast cancers and someone who's going through like hair loss and alopecia that like really need these products.
11: The owner of Joe Hair Studio on Camby Street. It estimates some $80,000 worth of merchandise was stolen on Sunday.
8: They only took 100% human European hair. And like it, these people, seems this person who knows Definitely the wig and their value, so...
11: While wigs may seem like a curious target for thieves, these items made from real human hair are remarkably expensive and lucrative. And it's not the first time a store in this neighborhood has been ransacked. In 2018, this business on West Broadway lost dozens of hair pieces worth well into six figures. Some of those items were later recovered, but by then, they weren't worth much.
12: If they're contaminated and people with, you know... um Compromised immune?s We could never, you know, pass on something like that. So we we'll probably have to start again.
11: While the thief in that case was later convicted and is still behind bars, the suspect in this case is long gone. It's a really hard time for us. Yeah, it's really upsetting. This business now going public in the hopes those stolen hair pieces will
2: somehow be returned. Sarah McDonald, Global News. Oh, a major controversy has erupted tonight over the RCMP's use of facial recognition technology.
1: The Mounties have now admitted to using the technology despite denying it earlier. That's raising concerns about privacy. Paul Johnson reports.
0: Should social media be a database for police to search with facial recognition software? That's the debate triggered by the news that the RCMP in B.C. was using a controversial program called Clearview that scans the billions of images uploaded to social media looking for matches. It's shocking, it's troubling. Harsha Walia is the executive director of the B.C. Civil Liberties Association. She's also troubled that the RCMP appears to have denied using the software until they were outed by a New York Times report about Clearview's client list.
8: And we should be really angry, frankly,
13: that the RCMP have given us contradictory information and have lied about their use of facial recognition technology against Canadians.
0: The RCMP says its use of the technology is limited to the most serious criminal cases. And Public Safety Minister Bill Blair says it's appropriate for the Mounties to be using the latest technology provided it squares with Canada's privacy rules, which is something critics say it most certainly does not.
14: The potential for this technology to track our personal lives and our movements is positively dystopian.
0: Technologists say really the core problem here is that the pace of innovation is going to continue to be way faster than our ability to come up with laws and policies to protect people's privacy.
15: In Canada, I think we have always really valued our personal
0: privacy. Ken McAllister is a BC tech entrepreneur who says in the near future, people ought to expect much of their lives to be uploaded and searchable.
15: If you've ever done anything, if you've ever shoplifted, if you've ever gotten in a fight or anything
0: like that, your face could trigger you
15: everywhere
0: you go. Well, most accept that their friends can see their entire lives online. How many expected that the police would be looking as well? Paul Johnson,
2: Global News. A warning tonight about the old cell phone porting scam. When fraudsters seize control of your cell phone number... And eventually, your banking information.
1: The result is damaging, both financially and emotionally, as one BC
6: woman discovered. Our Consumer Matters reporter, Andrea, is here with more details. And yeah, this scam certainly is damaging. Thank you, Sophie. Criminals have discovered that if they are able to steal your phone number, they can also gain access to your personal account. So that's what happened to Sandy Pelly. And she's hoping by sharing her story, it will encourage others to be proactive and take the necessary steps to protect themselves. I don't want anyone
12: else to go through the hell that I've had to go through.
6: That's why Sandy Pelly is speaking out, warning consumers after falling victim to a recent cell phone porting scam. It all began with a text message from Rogers on Sandy's cell phone indicating her number was about to be ported, a term used when you want to switch phone service providers but want to keep the existing phone number.
12: I got a text from Rogers um, asking me if I hadn't authorized my number to be changed to a different provider to call this number immediately
6: Sandy had not authorized anything so she called Rogers emergency
12: number right away I phoned the number immediately and I was put on hold for 50 minutes 50 while she waited on the phone for a Rogers representative Sandy says her cell phone went dead That meant that the bad guys took over my cell number.
6: With the hijacking of Sandy's personal information and cell phone number, the fraudsters were able to transfer Sandy's number to a new phone carrier and eventually unlock some of her personal accounts. And here's how. Because Sandy had signed up for an extra security feature like two-factor authentication on some of those accounts, the four-digit security codes were now being sent via text message to Sandy's phone number, which was now in the hands of criminals.
12: You're watching them steal things from you, and you can't do anything about it. The
6: fraudster accessed several of Sandy's accounts, including her PayPal account, where over $4,500 U.S. was charged. She says when she finally got a hold of Rogers, she was disappointed in the company's response.
12: Extreme frustration. They would take no responsibility at all.
6: Rogers told Consumer Matters in a statement, we take protecting our customers' personal information very seriously, and as fraudsters evolve their tactics, we work with other carriers to continually strengthen processes to prevent unauthorized
5: porting. The phone companies need to be uh, a lot more rigorous with verifying our identities. And uh, there's some things consumers can do as well. Make sure that you protect your account with some sort of a PIN. It's also really critical that you uh, choose a, a very strong password for logging into your mobile phone provider.
6: Fortunately, PayPal investigated and Sandy wasn't on the hook for the money she was charged. Meantime, she says Rogers offered her an $80 credit for being a loyal customer for 20 years. But for Sandy, that loyalty has been broken. She's now taken her business to another wireless provider. So again, cybersecurity experts say your best defense is to use strong passwords on important accounts because that's usually where this type of fraud begins. The Canadian Anti-Fraud Agency says it's been advised consumers can contact their provider and ask for a stop to any cell phone porting, although the agency says it can't guarantee that all providers will offer this type of service. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can reach me. There's my email address at consumermatters@globalnews.ca. at
1: Back to our top story now, COVID-19 and more on one nation in an extreme struggle to contain it. Italy has told its 60 million residents to stay inside if they can.
2: The entire country is now considered a red zone. What that means and what it's like to be there.
13: Tonight, the famous sweet life in Italy now facing perhaps its toughest test. With coronavirus deaths jumping to 631, now over 10,000 testing positive nationwide. Officials placing an entire nation of 60 million people in lockdown. Restaurants and bars deserted, ordered closed after 6 p.m. People mandated to keep at least three feet away from anyone else or face up to three months in jail. Though people are allowed to go to work and public transportation is still running. Now iconic landmarks are eerily empty. This whole area should be filled with tourists, but every place from the Coliseum to here at the Trevi Fountain. Normally, you'd barely be able to walk here. Italy's government hopes to follow China's lead, where tonight there is good news in the country where the coronavirus originated three months ago. That outbreak now controlled enough that Chinese leader Xi Jinping visited Wuhan province today. The World Health Organization says most patients get mild symptoms and recover in two weeks. Nearly three-fourths of China as 80,000 patients have now recovered, with the number of cases and deaths in China dropping.
2: Another major move to stop the spread of COVID-19, Google has told all of its 100,000 North American workers to work from home if they can. Google says it wants to reduce the density of people in offices because experts say that might slow the spread of the virus. Social media giant Facebook has advised its employees in the San Francisco area to work remotely as well. Apple is telling iPhone, iPad, and Mac owners that it's okay to clean your devices with disinfectant wipes amid the coronavirus outbreak. The tech giant had previously advised against using anything other than water, but now says wipes are okay. Bleach, however, is not a good idea, nor is getting moisture in any of the openings or submerging products in a cleaning solution.
1: the COVID-19 crisis is hitting even American politics tonight with Democratic presidential candidates Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders both canceling campaign rallies. Six states are up for grabs in tonight's Democratic primaries. And at this hour, Biden has won three of them, making the biggest news today, the former vice president going nose-to-nose with an auto worker.
10: On primary day in battleground Michigan, a tense confrontation: Joe Biden cursing at an auto worker who went after his views on guns.
15: You are actively trying to Get your seconder, right?
10: take your gun. You're shush. Right. No, no, I support the Second Amendment. I'm not taking your gun away at all.
16: You need 100 rounds?
10: Biden, who supports banning assault weapons, pulled no punches as he toured a Detroit auto plant. <laughs> Let's take
7: take the yeah. AR, your AR 14s AR-14s. Yeah, you know. this
15: is not okay. Hold on, hold on, right. A lot what of guys wanted me, I'm they, not they, working. Thanks they, so much so Give me time. So Come so Don't be such man.
0: a crazy
10: The former vice president is looking to deliver another blow to Bernie Sanders' campaign after key endorsements from his former rivals. Michigan, with its 125 delegates, is among the six states up for grabs today. So is Mississippi, which has the highest percentage of African Americans, a demographic that's helped turn Biden's campaign around.
17: Joe knows us. He's been working with the black communities over 40 years.
10: Sanders today also campaigning in Michigan, a state where he pulled off a stunning upset in 2016 against Hillary Clinton when he was also down in the polls. Senator Sanders, do you need to win Michigan in order to continue making the argument that you're best positioned to beat Donald Trump?
2: We need to win every state in the country.
10: Sanders canceling a rally tonight over coronavirus concerns, becoming the first presidential candidate to do so.
2: The last thing in the world we will ever want to do is put anybody in danger
10: late today biden also canceled his rally here in ohio over health concerns both campaigns now trying to navigate a new reality in the 2020 race
2: well bc's response to the coronavirus crisis is being seen as a model of how to do it right and the woman at the center of that action is getting a lot of the credit
1: Dr. Bonnie Henry has held the post of Provincial Health Officer for just over two years now. But she's winning kudos for her calm, compassionate approach to this crisis, including a moment of raw emotion over the weekend. What was going through your mind when you you got emotional?
4: Well, you know, it was partly thinking about some of the situations I've been in before and knowing all the work that is being going on behind the scenes with my colleagues, with healthcare workers and knowing that, um, you know, the families are, are suffering and I don't think you ever become immune to human suffering.
1: One of the things you said that day though was, I know how stressful it is for our healthcare system, for my colleagues and for the families. And I was wondering if you could just give us, who are not in those groups, more of a sense of what that stress is like, especially for those people on the front lines.
4: Well, this is a, you know, this is a brand new virus. And when you have a brand new virus, there's a level of fear that goes with it because you're not sure what it's going to do to, to me. You're not sure what it's gonna to do to your elderly person who might be exposed, and we have no treatments. We have no vaccine. We have no um, way of stopping it. Once you've been exposed to it, we can just watch you and support you and, and make sure that you're not passing it on to somebody else. Um, how, how does
1: what we're going through right now compare to your experience with SARS and, and yeah. Ebola?
4: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's different from both of those. Um, but there are some aspects of it that are the same and the aspects are really about fear and about misinformation and concern and the fact that we can't predict what's going to happen next and how challenging that is for all of us and um, you know being able to to you know we we plan but it changes and to to try and minimize that that confusion, to minimize that chaos that happens when something new comes along is is part of what our job is in public health and the things that we try and do but I you know I get that feeling in my stomach and that that sense of fear that this is going to it, it may get worse and we may not be able to control that. So we need to do the things that we can do now to prepare people, to make sure people know that there, there are things that we can do and that we will get through this. Do you have any sense of how long this could continue and how bad it could get for BC and Canada? So We're now, I think, in the middle of it. We have another weeks to a few months to really um, understand how this is going to play out. What we're working on intently here in Canada and and NBC is buying time. So the longer we can buy time, the more we can um, get people to stay home, to stay away from others, to prevent transmission, the better chance we have of getting a vaccine or getting a treatment that we can use on people.
1: And you can find the extended version of my interview with Dr. Bonnie Henry on our website globalnews.ca/BC. It includes her reaction to learning she has a Twitter fan club.
2: That's right, <laughs> Bonnie. Bonnie Henry fans. Mm-hmm. It's good. Check it out.
1: Well, as we head towards spring, BC's River Forecast Centre is starting to worry about flooding. A number of regions have snowpack levels high enough to raise a red flag.
2: Linda Aylesworth tells us which areas are most at risk and how spring weather will play a crucial role. The good news, for
18: skiers at least, is there's still plenty of snow on many BC mountains. It's
14: actually the interior that's well above normal. And in some cases, some sites are actually pushing to record all-time highs.
18: But that is also potentially bad news, because big snowpacks can lead to flooding.
14: The areas that are most concerned are in the upper Fraser, so both the west and the east are at 35% above normal, so 135% of normal.
18: Also of concern, the north and south Thompson, with 123 and 127% above normal snowpacks respectively. All these regions having an above-average abundance of snow at the same time is a rare phenomenon. The cause it
14: was just a, a very wet late December and January that that got the ball rolling and, and really increased the snowpack.
18: But record snowpacks alone don't necessarily lead to flooding. Other circumstances play major roles in how things unfold.
14: Typically, if we get warm weather in April, it'll actually be a blessing. It'll it'll melt a lot of the low elevation snow.
18: Then the rivers aren't overwhelmed when the higher level snow melts closer to summer. The worst case scenario?
14: If we continue to get snow and cold weather for the next two months leading right into May and, and the possibility of course is that the snowpack can still increase substantially.
18: Then when summer rolls around it all melts at once and the rivers spill their banks. As a precaution, water is being released from Okanagan Lake to lower its levels and make way for the excessive runoff that may or may not happen. Linda Aylesworth, Global News.
1: Well, it's not how this paraglider
18: planned to
1: end his flight. The rescue that plucked him to safety right after the weather forecast.
2: And back to that story about the snowpack. We'll check in with Christy right now on the weather forecast, and yeah, the spring weather is going to have a big impact on what happens there, right?
19: That's right. A lot of it hinges on this. So let's look at that long seasonal forecast by Environment Canada for March, April, and May. This is on average Uh, for those months. We're expecting below normal precipitation. Now, as we mentioned, there's still significant, potentially eight weeks worth of snowfall that could occur in the mountains. So with below normal temperature, sorry, uh, that could certainly add to the snowpack. Now, as for uh, precipitation, coastal regions are expecting below normal precipitation, but inland, where some of the areas are of concern with uh, significant snowpack, we're looking at near to above normal precipitation. Now, keep in mind these are averages through those months. We always get swings in precipitation and temperature, and especially this year, because it is an enzo neutral year, we will have large swings in both temperature and precipitation, so that adds to the unpredictability of it as well as adds to the risk because we could get a lot more snow and then a big warm-up but we could also get the opposite so we're really going to be tracking this closely as of course will the river forecast center now meanwhile back at home it was a cold wet one look at Coquitlam only warmed up to three degrees today and average uh, near um, Vancouver is about 10 so well below that but it did mean a lot of snow on the local mountains as we talked about Uh, so today certainly added to that but it's all going to clear out overnight mainly clear skies tomorrow although a chance of flurries in through the interior regions it's just a chance you can see it's very spotty and then it clears out on thursday now overnight though while this system is pushing out still significant snow for the columbia kootenai and the coquihalla but by tomorrow morning that should be all gone there's your forecast for tomorrow everyone so certainly some braids of blue sky especially in through the interior regions right down into the okanagan the showers and flurries mainly along the mountainous regions and for our area sunshine tomorrow Back two days of sunshine on the way before the rain returns on Friday. And I'll leave you with yesterday's sun- sunset from our Central Windows weather window. Paul sending us that one from Crescent Beach.
2: Oh, how many of those sunsets have you seen in your life, Gordo?
19: A few of them, Just thankfully. Of them. I'm I, lucky. Yeah,
2: no doubt. Beautiful. Thanks, Christy. A paraglider had a rough but lucky landing in Alabama recently.
19: In fact,
1: his feet never even touched the ground. You can see way down below a crumpled red and white parachute in the tree. And dangling from that parachute, caught in the branches, is the paraglider. He had been stuck there for four hours waiting to be rescued when the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency Aviation Unit swooped in to help. They hitched onto his harness and winched him up to safety with a possible leg injury.
16: Good news for the Canucks. Yes, and news they didn't think they'd get, at least not this soon. Okay, the uh, Canucks did get very good news before the Islanders game tonight, and that is that Brock Besser will be able to play. There's also encouraging news about Jacob Markstrom. He skated for the first time since his injury, but there is no timeline for him just yet. But the fact Besser is back, is something the Canucks did not expect, at least not right now. They brought in Tyler Foley before the trade deadline because of Besser's injury. Now they have both of them in the same game.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm in tonight.
17: Three words Canuck fans thrilled to hear, but not exactly expecting to hear. At least not at this time. Brock Besser back on the ice a month after he suffered fractured rib cartilage and well before the eight-week timeline Jim Benning provided when he proclaimed Besser was done for the regular season.
5: feel good.
2: Um, uh, you know, ever since I said the other day, I've been feeling pretty good and um, I'm, I'm ready to go and help the team out in any way I can.
17: Question is, how much can Besser help the Canucks? Prior to Brock's injury, he was shooting blanks. He was goalless in 11 games and only managed two assists during his prolonged scoring slump. It's been two months now since he last found the back of the net when he exploded for a pair of goals against the Sabres back in January. It gives us another player that's in the top six.
5: Uh, and, you you know, you're with him on the lineup, that's obviously a hole, so it's good to have him back. Ty has come in, played unbelievable for us um, and produced, and, and then obviously Brock who's scored a lot of goals so far in his career and and uh you know can add that second you know add that scoring to our lineup too so I mean um it's definitely gonna help us out uh, here down the stretch
17: and one more thing if you're worried about Besser rushing back in the lineup too soon after what initially appeared to be a serious injury we'll let Brock have the last medical say here
2: I was doing everything I can to get back as fast as I could so uh it's been feeling good for a little bit now so um obviously uh, I'm gonna come back with as fast as I can.
17: A quick healer, or was not as serious as the first time?
2: Um I don't know. I think it's kind of the same injury uh, when you uh, fracture uh, rib cartilage uh, every time. So um, I don't know. Hopefully, a quick healer.
16: Henri Richard being honored in Montreal. One of the greats. 11 Stanley Cups as a player. Montreal and Nashville. If Nashville wins this game, may move into a wild-card position in the West. Ryan Johansson scoring there. After a scoreless first period, Nashville had a huge second period. He made it 1-0. Now it's 2-0. Now it's 3-0. Power play goal for Philip Forsberg. Forsberg would get another. Nashville wouldn't score again, but Montreal would only get two in the third. So now the Predators have themselves a temporary wild-card position. Now last night the San Jose Sharks were told by local government officials that there will be no public gatherings, over 1,000 people allowed until April 1st at the earliest. The Sharks are on a road trip right now and only have three home games that would fall under that ban. But playing in front of an empty arena is not just a possibility for them, but for all teams
5: in North America. Boy, I mean I have obviously never been in the NHL and played a game without any fans, that idea would would definitely be uh,
10: very different. It's just unfortunate. It's 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 tough when uh, it's a lot of fun going into a rink and you know fans are booing you and coming here with the great fans that we have and them cheering you on. Um, so it's definitely not ideal. And hopefully that situation doesn't come to that for what we have. But um, whatever happens, happens. I
20: guess we got very competitive athletes. They're the best in the world. Uh, they'll play. It just as hard with, with nobody in the stands it just will feel a lot different
16: and it's not just the nhl the nba could face games with no fans as well
20: obviously i would be very disappointed if, you know not having the fans because that's what i play for i play for my family i play for my fans they said no one could actually come to the game if they decide to go to that point so i'd be disappointed in that um you know but at the same time you gotta you gotta listen to um you know the people that's keeping a track on what's going on and if they feel like it's best for uh the safety of the players safety of the franchise safety of the league um to mandate that then we all we all listen to it
16: when islanders defenseman johnny Boychuk got a skate in the face and received 90 stitches we asked the question how long until the nhl has to seriously think about making the players wear full face visors now i know the players don't like it they feel they can't see very well out of them. But every time something bad happens to a player's face, that thought comes up. And we asked Barry Trotz, the Islanders coach, about it today. And before we show you what he said, we're also going to show you what happened to Boychuk. So be warned, the video might not be for everyone.
20: Um, I, I think it's a conversation that should be considered. It might be down the road um, uh, in this game. I, I think that's probably a, a player's preference. I think we've gone from... You think about the evolution of the game. We've gone from no helmets um, to helmets to face shields that are mandatory. And, you know, it's maybe down the road it is. Um, you know, it's uh, the game is fast right now. And uh, I, I, it's now out of the realm of possibility. You can always tell with a player when they're hurt uh, seriously because there is a panic uh, because they don't know, and we've had a couple of those this year. Um, you know right away that something's wrong. It's if you played this game, you you have that you hold your breath for a second because you, they know something is seriously wrong.
16: Getting off the ice as quickly. There were no fans allowed in this game in France. Canada-Brazil women's soccer. This is a friendly tournament before the Olympics, and this is Marta for Brazil. And actually, Brazil had a 2 nothing lead over the Canadian women at one point, and then Canada came back to tie it, and Janine Becky. She's not Christine Sinclair yet, but she knows how to put the ball in the back of the net. This tied it in the 87th minute, so Canada gets a 2-2 draw against the Brazilian. There you go. Well done.
19: Thank you, Squire. Here's your snow report for this evening. Whistler Blackcomb picked up five centimeters of new snow. Grouse 8 and Cypress 2. Sasquatch and Manning Park have nothing new, but I know it's snowing up there right now. Revelstoke is the winner today at 15. Fernie and Kicking Horse, nothing new, but they'll get some in the next 12 hours. Big White, Silver Star, and Sun Peaks all received 10. Apex 3. Mount Washington and Red Mountain, nothing new, but Whitewater picked up one and Powder King 12.
1: An elected official on Vancouver Island is
19: cleaning up with
1: his made-in-New Zealand machine.
2: That's right. Global's Brad McLeod introduces us to the man behind what they call the Poop Zamboni and his mission to remove the scourge of local soccer fields.
15: This pup and his pop are on poop patrol. By each goose will uh, lay out about three pounds of crap every day. And when the culprits see mike hicks and patches coming they evacuate recently the souk electoral area got some cash from the gas tax fund earmarked for recreation so mike hicks director of the area got this for 10 grand from a new zealand company gathers it up and the wheels go this way the brushes go this way and he is relieved how well it works. Hicks says some think it was a waste, but those who frequent the fields... I've known if people have got infections from the goose goose. The artificial field has become one of the only options in town because of the number two trashing the real fields.
16: I thought it was brilliant. I mean, there are so many soccer fields covered in goose poo that uh, they are unplayable, but unfortunately, they have to be played on.
15: After students at the secondary school next door use their field, they are instructed not to touch their faces and wash off. But now it's not used at all. Because it's covered. Some call it a poop zamboni. Any operator can run it. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And the way Hicks has handled these foul, fouling up his fields, has golf courses and municipalities green with envy, and they're reaching out. I'm really hoping uh, school boards and schools and municipalities will, will get their own for their own fields, and we can clean out all the fields in British Columbia. It takes about an hour or two for Mike to clean a couple fields. He's currently volunteering a couple times a week. I'm the king poop right now. But he expects to share his crown with other volunteers as word gets out. Until then, Patches the Dog will be on vigilant duty duty. Brad McLeod, Global News Soup.
2: We've set a record on this program for references to poop. Poop.
16: Poop. (laughs) Aren't you glad those birds don't need toilet paper? (laughs) Are we completely out? I know (laughs) they use TP. We'd be in real trouble.
19: (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. Final word on the weather, KG. Sure. Should be a nice day for everyone tomorrow. In fact, two days of sunshine. The rain on Friday so far looks light, but still wet. Friday. All
2: right. Thanks very much, and thank you for watching. Have a great evening, everybody.
19: Good night, all.